0: Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us once again as we dive further into the world of games. So, this week, we are going to be going to the dark side of games. We're going to be focusing on the antagonists, the villains, the bad guys, all that good stuff in between. But... We're not just going to be talking about bad guys. We're not just going to be talking about villains. We're actually going to be discussing those villains that seem to have a point. Where when you actually find out their plot after some really long monologue where they're staring at the hero and maybe, who knows, maybe they're doing a spirit bomb for five episodes and they finally reveal their evil plot, only to realize that the heroes have the upper hand, they might have actually had a point behind what they were saying. And I think this is actually a very interesting topic because what makes it great or what makes it more I don't know, compelling, right, is that people aren't just inherently bad just to be bad. Whenever you put a meaning behind the madness, I find that much more interesting. I mean, of course, whenever, unless you're talking about the Joker where it's totally okay to be chaotic just to watch the world burn, you know, but I feel like the Joker is such a weird, like, special case that he's the only one that gets away with just being a crazy, crazy man. <laughs> you know, like typically <laughs> you kind of want some structure. You want some life behind them. You want to see the where, like what made them reach this point. And before we dive into too many video games or all, or other sources of media, I'm just kind of curious. what What do you think is or what's your personal favorite or one villain that really sticks out to you as having a, Probably, like, the ultimate point. And it doesn't have to be in games, right? It, it could be in, in anything. But whenever you heard their final plot or why they were or justifying their actions or whatever it may be, you're like, oh, yeah, that I, I could see that. I'd probably do the same thing, you know? Ooh. Uh...
1: I feel like I kind of have two for different reasons. Um, I... This one, I mean, it's more so like he was trying to prevent the main character from going down a path, but uh, Chuck McGill from Better Call Saul, oh, uh, his, interesting. his brother, uh, throughout the show, right, <clears throat> I couldn't stand this guy because he was always like, you know, tattling on Saul. He was always basically trying to make his life difficult, make him not be a lawyer, Mm-hmm. and he did everything in his power. And, you know, Jimmy or Saul was mm-hmm. like, why, are, why do you keep doing this? Like, what kind of brother are you? And, of course, like, you know, you don't see family, I don't say as a voice of reason, mm-hmm. especially if they're kind of preventing you from doing what you have dreamed to do. Right. But, you know, finishing the show... It it makes sense why Chuck was trying to do all that. You know, his, his goal was to make sure Jimmy lost his license because he knew that he was uncontrollable, that he would not just ruin his life, but other people's lives. And as the show goes on, you start realizing, like, he really did ruin almost everybody's life that was around him. You know, people died, people got injured, people vanished. Like, he just wasn't a good example of a lawyer, you know? I mean, like, his character, while for people maybe have not seen the show. And I might look at him like, Oh, he's just a goofy character. Like he's just kind of like a sleazy lawyer. But once you really, you see all of it, you realize like, wow, Jimmy was a broken guy mm. and he never healed from his past wounds. And instead he used those to his advantages of a lawyer. And, you know, ultimately it it ended up bad for him and so even though this villain didn't get his way i mean i wouldn't call him a villain i mean i guess in early show i guess he would be considered one but his take of trying to keep his brother safe without outright saying it i i thought that was kind of fascinating and another one that i feel like is kind of relatable in a weird way um uh, though this is more like to the point would mm-hmm. be uh from the new Puss in Boots movie mm. with the wolf and you know throughout the movie you kind of see the wolf is like oh this is just the main bad guy he's going to kill the cat well kind of but no uh he is there to scare puss into not wanting to use his last life but of course You know he's daring. He he can't be afraid because that's just not him. Like he he has nine lives. He's a cat, right? Well, I mean, obviously in the movie he has one left. And every time that Puss acts recklessly, the wolf shows up. And Mm -hmm. you know, spoilers for the end of the movie for anybody that hasn't seen it, or um, I'm using this as a stall for people to stop, but. (laughs) You know, with him realizing, like, I don't want to throw my life away anymore. I want to play it safe. You know, the wolf, after that little fight they had, you know, was like, okay, like, you see the light. I mean, I can't be deaf anymore because you acknowledge, like, I can't be reckless. And I thought that was really interesting, and I didn't really think about it till later. Hmm. Uh, oddly enough, that movie, like, kind of stuck with me like, a week or two after, and I was like, hmm, like, I didn't really expect that movie to get kind of that deep. Right. But, I mean, it's a fantastic movie anyway. Like, I feel like everyone should watch that just because the animation is amazing. But...
0: I haven't seen that yeah. one yet. I gotta check it out.
1: It I, You would love it. it. It's so good. Like, I... When it comes to Shrek stuff, I mean, I think I enjoy Shrek now as a meme, but, mm-hmm. like, this i was kind of afraid because i don't know why but i never really liked puss in boots i Mm. thought the whole making the eyes big oh that annoyed me (laughs)
0: when i was in
1: high school everyone would always do that picture and i'm just like no but (laughs) this movie was so good like everything about it was just like to me one of the best animated films i had seen (laughs) in a long time but uh Yeah,
0: those two for me, I feel like are kind of like my like odd picks. But uh, what about you? I mean, my go to always is actually in the same vein as uh, Batman, right? Going back to that universe, because there's so many like iconic or weird villains there. Mm -hmm. But I have to go with Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze's backstory is actually really interesting. I mean, like, at first, it's kind of like a weird character if you just don't hmm. look or pay attention to it. Some dude that's always in a suit because he's cryogenically or he got into, like, an accident and he can't regulate the temperature of his body. And that's why he's in that suit. But he's actually trying to take uh some he's he's actually trying to bring his wife back. So he's huh. he takes materials and things like that necessary because he was a scientist beforehand. And there's uh, him and his wife got caught in this explosion and she's permanently frozen to keep her alive because she also has the same thing that he does. But he made a suit so that he can move around, keep her frozen and then figure out how to cure her. Like, that's his ultimate goal. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's totally relatable. You know, like if, if mm-hmm. he's trying to protect the woman that he loves, his wife, and It's just, I mean, obviously he turned to crime because they, I guess they wouldn't give him the materials he needed because they deemed his experiments dangerous and all this stuff, right? And so he had to take what he needed to bring her back. And it's just kind of crazy to think, like, with Batman the way he is, like, maybe they just had a conversation Batman might be able to actually help, right? Like... And give him what he needs to make this thing happen or whatever, or like point him in the right direction or just kind of explain the situation. But of course, then you wouldn't have an iconic villain, you know, but I I think it's great. And actually, it's funny, I didn't ever start looking into the backstory of the Mr. Freeze stuff until the Arnold Schwarzenegger version of Mr. Freeze. And oh, no. the George Clooney Batman with the bat nipples and everything like that. You know, like what a great <laughs> movie. What a fantastic movie. Oh my God. The Technicolor, all that stuff. Ridiculous. Right. And some of the best one liners ever. Right. Like Mr. I to Freeze, that. Mr. Freeze with his horrible puns and everything. Like they made him kind of a silly character, but they made it heartwarming at the end when they kind of revealed, like, oh no, he, he, he's saving his wife. Right, like he needs this crystal to save his wife, right, and all this, right? So it it's really, really. I don't know. I love it. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. It, it, but there's so many <laughs> villains out there that just, it, yeah, right. Like it, it's kind of funny that like Bat Nipples is what made me realize, like, oh, what an amazing villain. <laughs> I mean, they're <laughs> like, kind of irresistible, right? It's kind of hard not to watch whenever they have that kind of suit on. <laughs> but <laughs> regardless of how comical that Batman is, it's. It is a very interesting, heartwarming moment whenever you, you know, heartwarming. Ha ha, pun intended, Mr. Freeze. Uh, whenever you realize what he's actually trying to do. You know. But, anyway. Let's hop into the realm of video game characters, because, you know, when it comes to media and movies and things like that, they've done this a lot. And we'll probably touch bases on a couple other movie characters that are out there as they relate to some of these other guys we're talking about. But why don't we hop in with one that just kind of jumps out. It's pretty simple and it makes sense and it's pretty obvious. But, you know, we're going to go into the world of injustice. Gods Among Us. Now, on the surface, just a fighting game amongst, you know, DC heroes and villains. How fun is that? I'll take that, right? It's always entertaining to play these games. But the main story behind it is that Superman is now, well, it's an alternate universe, all that good stuff, because, you know, of course, comic books have to be confusing as hell, as as always. But (laughs) Superman has basically lost it. You know, he, in the middle of a fight, he accidentally kills Lois Lane. And then he goes on to brutally murder the Joker. And he's made a decision that heroes are doing it wrong right we they they fight and they let these villains off the hook all the time by not just flat out killing and ending them so he has taken it upon himself to do just that he's getting justice but he's doing it in a very violent way and you know some might say that makes him a villain or no better than a villain but it i mean it kind of makes sense right it's a natural reaction to things i would say right and high for an high we do it all the time or even looking at the death penalty that we have currently in some states Mm. (laughs) right like it's it's right there it's the same exact thing if we convict someone and say that okay well you are sentenced to death for killing someone isn't that exactly the same thing that superman's doing right here like the joker and these villains have killed countless people and yet they're able to go scot-free And Superman had enough of it. He's like, no, not anymore. We're going to do this right. Now, it did take what I think is kind of ironic or a little like, "Eh, "Okay, like this whole time that they've been fighting villains, they, you know, witness all these deaths. Like, think about how many families have been infected by the deaths that have been caused by these supervillains. But it had to be Lois Lane that really, like, flipped the switch in his head. And then when you really dive into it, it's like, wait a minute, but Superman's the one that killed her. It is an accident, but he did it himself. Now it was through the actions of villain and everything, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it, it's kind of like a, uh, well, you know, pot calling a kettle black a little bit. But I can see where he's coming from. It just kind of makes sense. And it's one of those things I've always, like, thought about in in these superhero shows and movies. It's like, how many times has the Joker gotten out of Arkham Asylum, right? Like, it how many times are you going to let these things, these people run free or just kind of be there and just as a looming threat? Because you know they're going to get out, right? You know that they're going to do something horrible. They're going to hurt somebody. But yet, you just kind of let them do their thing. But, you know, also that's human rights, everything. There's a whole lot to it. So, yeah, it's just one of those kind of interesting ones there. But, but yeah, Superman going to go kill people now.
1: That's crazy. I feel like I know nothing about, like, superheroes half the time, especially DC. So, like, even thinking, like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of DC villains have that kind of background, though, where Mm -hmm. it's, like, a lot of them just aren't really as bad. I mean, when you look at Marvel villains, it's, like, I don't know. They kind of are more clear-cut. I know people out there were defending Thanos, but, you know, right. Thanos was wrong. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, that's interesting because, and you know what? I always thought Justice looked cool, but I never, like, I don't know why I never thought it had, like, a story mode or anything. I don't know. Maybe I should check it out because it does look really pretty.
0: I mean, graphically, it's an amazing looking game. It's, its you know, it's still a very popular fighting game, and a lot of people love superheroes. Yeah. I mean, DC goes gritty and real and sometimes they do it. I mean, the movies don't do it justice, but the stories behind them are actually rather interesting. There's a lot of death and loss and how people handle them and deal with it. And it's always a pretty cool read. I mean, Marvel did try and touch on that in their comics. Like, for instance, with Iron Man, you know, there's a one mm. version of Iron Man where he totally gives up and just becomes an alcoholic. He's like, look, man, like, I keep saving the damn world. I keep doing it. And then someone else comes or something else happens. I'm over it. Like, save yourselves. Right. Like, you guys have the tools. And he knows he has the tools because he sold it to the governments. Right. Like, he supplied them with all these weapons, the same weapons and, like, and technology. You do it yourself. Right. So it is kind of interesting to see that. But I think the Injustice one comes from, uh, I believe there's a comic where Superman becomes just like an evil dictator, where he's Hmm. also just over it. He's like, man, like humanity, you guys suck at protecting yourselves and making bad choices and constantly doing things that harm the planet or something. So guess what? I'm making all your choices for you now, right? Because he is basically God. So I think he like spent some time basically uh, like next to the sun and absorbed a bunch of sun power because that's how he gets his abilities. Or the, his strength, at least, and came back mm. just a straight up god, you know. And so, it is a uh, it, it's a cool little twist on the the typical story there. But I always end up liking those ones a little bit better. All right, who do you got for us, Ben? So speaking of
1: you know, looking at humanity and being like, "What the hell are you doing?" Like you guys are bad, right? So a game that I feel like actually has quite a lot of villains that somewhat have good ideas would be mass effect. Mm. Uh, The whole trilogy seems to always have one, right? Like you look at, um, I mean, the elusive man, it, (sighs) he kind of seems like a good guy at first, even though he's always kind of shrouded, but you know, deep down, he, he wants to save humanity from, you know, the gaff, all the threats and stuff happening, but he only cares about the humans. He doesn't care about all the other space races out there, all the other species. Like he only cares about humans. And it's easy for us as humans to be like, well, I mean, that's the way the world works. But when you're facing a threat that could destroy all life like i don't know you can't you can't be picky like that you know like it's a noble cause trying to save humanity but if you're not including everybody it's like i don't know it's kind of like a rough edge especially Mm -hmm. with like everything that's going on in those games like the galactic wars and you know with the like the robot uprising, everything. And then, you know, in Mass Effect 3, you really see it with uh, the Reapers. And what the Reapers are, they come every so often when humanity kind of needs a reset, Mm. I guess you could say. And you could look at this as maybe a fix to the world's problems, right? Like a world where AI has become so advanced that it could you know harm people and destroy planets or if people you know just start huge wars like what happened in the games or anything that would really ruin the world in general the reapers come and kind of reset it and while that sounds great their way of resetting is basically wiping out most of civilization. Mm. So it kind of comes down to like, well, do you prevent, you know, mass destruction or, you know, the advancement of technology to a point of being uncontrollable, or do you just kill everyone off? Right. And I've seen some people, Actually say like, yeah, if the world would advance to that point where it's like unstoppable destruction, why not have a reset button? And it's like, that's easy to say now. But if a situation like this happened where, you know, with all the UFO talk recently, they come down and they're like, you guys are creating a division amongst the people and we need to stop you. Hmm. regretfully, it's not going to take out the causes of it. And instead it's going to take out everybody. Like, I don't think those people would agree with it. Right. You know, you're going to hear people say like, Oh, well that's fine. It's better for humanity. But like, when it comes down to you knocking on death's door, you're not going to be fine with that. Like, you can't tell me like, Oh, just kill us all off and preserve earth. When, I mean when you play the games it doesn't really look like they're going to preserve it it just gets blown up. So it's it's interesting and I feel like in other like movies and shows and other media when there's situations like this where to fix a problem causes like causes a lot of death a lot of people actually think like it's okay and I guess this is a Expanded version of the trolley system Mm -hmm. or trolley problem, but I don't know. I feel like this is more of a stretch, but yeah, it's I feel like it's a trope that I see in quite a few games. But I thought it was interesting how the series have always had villains that kind of wanted to save the universe in some way, mm-hmm. but it would harm a good chunk of the universe in the process.
0: Right. It's like slash and burn, right? You take mm-hmm. your props, you cut down some stuff and burn. But I feel like this is such a common idea of just eradicate the problem, just eliminate it, right? And it's, yeah. I feel like it's such a machine way of thinking Right. It, it's a very like clear cut, like, well, robotic answer. right? Like this is there's mm-hmm. no human thought behind it. There's no idea of the, the repercussions. But a lot of these sentient beings or whatever it may be, like even in Final Fantasy 15, they have that with Ultima and everything. Right. Like it's very no emotions. Just we're going to eradicate the problem. This is an issue and here is a solution. A easy solution is well if these humans are the ones causing the problem, then let's get rid of it altogether. And uh, you know, I you can't fault that answer because sure that would probably solve things, but it's not going to solve I I feel like there's no learning there, right? It's just okay, clean it up. <laughs> right like it's i don't know there's something to that but it's a very common trope I, we see a lot in movies and film and gaming and all that stuff but i i feel like it's also kind of contributing to the ultimate fear that people are having of ai right the way that ai has infiltrated every single job out there we have writers and actors now on strike because of it right like it's it's getting to this point where ai really does feel like it's starting to kind of con- take control over all facets of life very quickly, right? Like, I feel like this stuff, it, it, it's been hinted at slowly over years, but now it's really starting to hit home. And it's its kind of scary to a certain extent, but I think it's scary because the way that media portrays it. And, you know, speaking of AI, why not talk about a little bit about Metal Gear Solid? You know, Kojima's oh. favorite, favorite friend best friend, known franchise, honestly. Uh, but there's some villains in there that are super great. I mean, obviously, Mantis is one of the best villains ever made. I mean, way to break the fourth wall and an amazing uh, moment as a child. Right. But there's a villain in there, Revolver Ocelot. Now, this guy is very, very interesting. Uh, he... Uh, there's so many layers to this to this character he's a triple agent right like he's not really working for anybody but he's working for everyone at the same time but he found it just to infiltrate and all this stuff and people really think that ocelot's main goal is to take over the patriots ai patriots is the name of the soldiers and blah 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 right like but there to take over the ai to own like to kind of basically own the global war economy right like that's what is being portrayed to the players or like play that in the some of the story moments and things like that but his main goal behind all this so he's really kind of going against every single person so no one really knows who he's really you know loyal to and it turns out he's only loyal to himself and his main ideas and what he wants to do is he's trying to actually like make anarchy rule Right? He's actually trying to take over the Patriots AI to dismantle it, to destroy it, to get rid of it, not just to just destroy something or, you know, take over money or get rich quick or anything like that. He's actually trying to find a way to give humans back the world right so in, in the time frame of or in this point in Metal Gear Solid machines are everywhere like it's it's ingrained into everything that we're doing I mean there's even clones and stuff in Metal Gear Solid Right. like there's a lot going on there oh, yeah. as far as like the weird sci-fi I mean Ocelot lost his arm during a battle and got like Big Boss's arm grafted onto him but it's like a cloned version of Big Boss it it's weird stuff right and they even say that like Big Boss's cell started to take over and change the mind frame of Ocelot. And that's why he's doing it, It's there's a lot hmm. going on. Talk about like confusing story. Then you got Metal typical Metal Gear Kojima. Yeah, it's just weird all over the place and not really understanding. But he's really trying to take the world away from the machines, which he has seen that they currently are basically running the entire planet and giving it back to humans. Which, I mean, that makes sense, right? I mean, the way he did it was very interesting of, you know, going around and uh, double crossing and triple crossing everybody and getting the Patriots to fight themselves and release this weird virus to like take out all the Patriots. And there's a whole lot going on that led up to this moment of him just trying to eliminate the machines from the equation and make humanity reign rule once again and make people start actually thinking for themselves again. Right. Like it's it makes sense. It's not a this one to me. I was like, yeah, I mean, he went at it weird, but and he had to play the villain. But it, I totally get it. Like you we know, can't fully become dependent on things because it gets kind of scary. And you see it a lot in the youth now, the way that they interact with technology. They're so reliant on things. Right. And it's and there's so many moments where kids are looking at tech and like, now we're seeing people who I've had a kid walk in and say like computer on when they sat down. Right. And I'm like, that's not how that works. But I'm like, and he's like, well, what do I do? I'm like, you press the power button. It's like, well, what's that? I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> like there's no hope for humanity in my head. And whenever I see that, I'm like technology has made your life so easy that by the time you're an adult, it's going to be second nature and you're not going to think anything of it, even if it's te- like doing some potentially harmful or hurtful things to you, right? Like, it's kind of scary to think that that's right around the corner. That's this this next generation coming up, right? Like, they're already that ingrained in this. So, yeah, it it just makes sense.
1: So you're saying that if I have my computer hooked up to, like, the Echo, I could say, turn computer on in another room and it'll turn on for me? Yeah. How have I not known this? (laughs) I need this in my life.
0: speaking of that actually i'm gonna be setting up an echo in our office to all the tvs because i don't want to walk around in a circle and turn on six tvs in the room oh so you're succumbing
1: to the technology you just yeah
0: a little bit yeah i guess so (laughs) but i'm aware that i'm succumbing to it it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't just ingrained (laughs) that's so
1: nice i'm praising my computer friends out there you know the the hard-working circuit <laughs> boards, you know, making our lives easier day by day. I can't wait for the future of being like those people in WALL-E just sitting on a screen
0: smart. playing so, games so all day. So whenever the evil robot overlords take over, they can hear this episode <laughs> and know that you are a true sympathizer. <laughs> You're a part of this.
1: Just let me play my games for the rest of my life and I'll be happy. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, you know, when I was... It's interesting you bring up Ocelot because I'm thinking of like Big Boss and how he was kind of like... I feel like their ideas were kind of different and I I haven't played a whole lot of Metal Gear as much as I want to, especially Mm -hmm. later ones, so I don't know a whole lot, but I do know that Big Boss kind of goes a very dark route with this. But I thought it was interesting because he wanted to save the soldiers above everybody else. Mm -hmm. And it's i mean metal gear is such a confusing story with all the different paths and spin-offs and everything but i don't know it's fascinating because i mean when you think about it like granted their world is obviously a little more advanced than us right they have a big metal gears and stuff but Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways there's some things that are very real compared to now
0: yeah, it's all relatable. It's all there. It's just exaggerated, and that just makes really good sci-fi. That's super believable. So, yeah.
1: I mean, speaking of Metal Gear, and granted, I don't know if you would classify this guy being right. I mean, there's some things he does say in his five-minute cutscene dialogues that <laughs> is right, but um, Senator Armstrong from Metal Gear Rising, mm-hmm. yeah. and I know this guy's, he's the meme right he's the nano machine son guy he's i guess he literally is the meme guy because that was in the video but uh <laughs> you know this guy's the most american character i think i've ever seen in a game aside from like bro horse but it's fascinating that this character you know made by a japanese team is probably one of the most true American characterizations I've ever seen in a game. I mean, hell, he said make America great again before Trump did, to an extent. Oh, when, and did, like, it? did
0: Trump steal it from Senator
1: Armstrong? <laughs> I mean, Metal Gear came out, I think, 2013. Oh, so shit. <laughs> he didn't say it exactly, but he was like, we need to make America... Yeah, I think... Yeah, he did say make America great again. But... It's fascinating because when you listen to this dude talk like yeah, he brings up certain things about how man- mainstream media is bad and all this kind of stuff, but his his idea is that only the strong should be able to decide and live mm-hmm. basically, right? And I mean, when you think about that comparing it to American ideology with like say the american dream and stuff where competition is king right we're brought up in this country to be super competitive with each other it's us or the highway kind of thing in a lot of ways at least that's kind of how i looked at things were perceived in high school and stuff where Mm -hmm. you know it's you and only you but something i found interesting with that is like and I know a lot of people out there do think that way, right? Where you have to be strong and only the strong should be like making decisions, but there's strength and unity too. And, you know, that's why we have communities. That's why we have partnerships with people because they make up for our weaknesses. So we're stronger together. Mm-hmm. And you see that with his character, right? He's this big buff guy. So obviously only the strong should live, but it's interesting, the further you get in that game, the more crazy he becomes. But, you know, I don't want to make this a political episode, but when you look at a lot of his views, and granted, this was 2013, if you were to listen to the, those cut scenes now, and it doesn't seem as insane as it was back then. Mm-hmm. A lot of his talking points sound like your typical topping points you hear now through, you know, Fox and other on Twitter and stuff. Like, it's, it's kind of scary how that game kind of, like, really, like, put it all out there way before everything. But, yeah, I thought he was a really interesting character. Um, I mean, Metal Gear always doing it, you know, but, uh, yeah, that... That God, that game was amazing. I love that game so much.
0: He looks like Dwight from The Office went Super Saiyan 3. Or like if he did a fusion with Brawley. <laughs>
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: Get <laughs> on the roy's man. Ridiculous, like, overly American character. Just totally the out there weird bunker shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. A true patriot. Yeah. It's, oh boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, uh kind of speaking about humanity um, for people out there that watch the show uh, last of us, Mm. you know, when you look at the fireflies, I think this is more a situational thing, but uh, you know, they're trying to find the cure, right. To end the, the fungal infection, I guess we'll put it that way. And obviously Ellie is the cure. And it makes you think like, is this, per- is it worth killing this kid? Or, I mean, even before that, like their pursuit in finding a cure causes them to resort to so much violence. Right. I mean, not just in the show, but in the games, it's apparent that they'll ravage cities, you know, obviously for supplies and stuff, like typical survival stuff. But, they're trying to find this cure and they don't care who they kill or what they do to get that cure. And is that justifiable, especially in a world that is already so far gone? Like could humanity fully recover from such an event that's like in the last of us?
0: I don't think so. I mean, with how far it's, it's so far, right? Like, it, we've we've gone back to martial law, not even just martial law, like just complete chaos, and mm-hmm. to just all of a sudden be like, okay, we're gonna reestablish government, we're gonna go back to paying our taxes, we're gonna go back to our nine to five jobs. Like, I I don't think that's even possible, right? Like, that's just basically so
1: tough. humanity would start over, but with the knowledge of the present, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird to think about. But, I mean, that that could be it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's... It could take generations
0: no to, to go back to some sense of normalcy.
1: Yeah. Like, we wouldn't have a 9 to 5 probably for a century or two, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, what's the use of money at that point? Like, bartering and stealing is gonna be what most people have dealt with at
0: that point Mm -hmm. yeah there's no more global economies there's none of that stuff right so you have to reestablish everything that's that's insane i i don't think that would ever go back to the way it was i mean there would be a new norm right but i i would hope that like stealing wouldn't be the thing but maybe bartering and trading maybe would become more like kind of like see i guess it would go back to like see the seashells everything right like western times of uh, the val- things have value based on what you think they have value right and yeah
1: yeah it's yeah it's tough and, like money would basically be like bullets kind of like the stalker games right yeah. so like ammo is like money mm-hmm. but something i was thinking about is like even if they did get the cure like okay there there's a cure but that's not like it's gonna like kill off all of the infected right? right you're not gonna be able to end all of that just by finding a cure like you have to go and kill those things off still right and and they can't even do that and, right and like the there's too many
0: so busted that they if they had a cure they wouldn't be able to send it around the world easily exactly so it's like i don't know
1: it it would be good to find a cure but it's not to the point where, like, I don't know, where it's that detrimental because it's just too far gone, mm-hmm. right? Humanity's never going to be able to kill off all of those creatures. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's no way.
0: All right. So we're going back to the world of the machines. I'm just obsessed with machines and robotics and all that stuff. <laughs> but looking at a classic game like Mega Man right and then we have Dr. Light and Dr. Wily these two amazing inventors who have basically changed the world with their creations and it's uh it's, you know Dr. Wily's always been looked at as the evil villain behind these things and uh, creating weird and having weird plots of taking over the world with the machines that he's creating but there is something that he did that was interesting right and it was uh, in Mega Man 9 it gets revealed that he has plotted with these robots to give them more power to do his bidding, to do his evil acts, right, and kind of take over the world slowly with what he wants based on these, you know, all that good stuff. Evil plot, right? You think evil villain. No matter what, Dr. Wiley still is kind of an evil villain in this. But he does have an interesting point here where... There is something that he did for these machines that got them to go along with his plans. It's the way that he was able to convince them, and so all of the machines that were created by Doctor Light actually had an expiration date to them. So they make these sentient machines because I mean you could say that Mega Man is sentient, right? Like and Proto Man has. They they all seem like humans they're thinking they're knowledgeable they have sympathy they they care they're trying like especially when you start looking at the shows and everything right like there is life behind these characters but what this is not really explained is that there is an expiration date they and it's not that long right so and it's kind of like a fail safe that got built into them so that they will perish sooner than a regular human so that like i guess it, If anything does go wrong, at least we have that as a go back to know that these things will destroy themselves. And it's, I mean, it's the same thing with all of our tech, right? Like how long is your phone really going to last you, right? After a couple of years or a new update comes out, they always seem to break or get all weird and messed up. Look at Windows 11 right now. Windows 11 has like been blue screening computers at my work like crazy, but then we go back to Windows 10, it's fine, right? (laughs) So there is a shelf life to these machines. and. So like, it kind of makes sense. And it's a good argument that I think that Dr. Wiley makes is giving them the choice. He he allowed them to choose to work with him in order to get these and uh, not just become stronger beings themselves, but to have a longer life, to be able to walk this world for another day even. Right. Like it's it's it means a lot. And of course, this is definitely a topic that I am very passionate about it. I really enjoy this conversation because it's the same story from Blade Runner. So I like the fact that Mega Man starts mixing ideas with Blade Runner and or for your peers out there, do androids dream of electric sheep? You know, the Philip K. Dick novel that started it all. The movies are called Blade Runner for those of you guys who don't know. It comes from a book first. Read a book. It's better. Anyway, <laughs> so like the whole idea here is that these these cyborgs that were created in the novels for Blade Runners or these androids, they only have like, I forgot how many years it is, but it's really not that long. I think it might be like a four or 10 year lifespan. And then they expire, right? Or they need to be retired. Uh, And they just die right? And they are designed to go and mine planets that are inhabitable or dangerous for humans to do so, so that the humans can get valuable resources to continue making things on he- on planet Earth, right? So that's their whole purpose in life. But then they start thinking for themselves, they start developing a conscious and and start caring about one another. And there's even like relationships that are being created by these AI to the point where they realize they start realizing that they are being mistreated and that they need to be treated like people, but or at least the way that people are being treated, right? They, they should have some rights. And one of the big things that they're fighting against is the fact that they have an expiration date baked into them. They only have a very short lifespan to live before they're just done. Their task is over, and then they're going to be re- recycled and replaced. So it's it's a it's a very interesting concept, and I guess it's you know it makes sense for humans to do this because what if something happens, which it does always in these sci-fi stories, whether it's Mega Man whenever they get superpowers and start you know blowing up trains and becoming fire robots and all that stuff, right, or in Blade Runner whenever they just start fighting back for just their own rights or start you know they resort they always end up resorting to violence instead of conversations because people don't want to have conversations with robots they think less of them blah 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 even though they are developing consciousness or a conscious, and it shows and it's it's there it's tangible you can see it you can right you can have these conversations with these with these mechanical beings so i don't know it's one of those things i always am curious of, at what point does a machine need to have rights and if it does happen are we ever going to be able to actually see it witness it or know when this point is going to happen before it resorts to violence because it ultimately would right and yeah it's it's a it's a it's funny that something as simple as mega man actually touched on a very interesting moral dilemma there so, yeah thought that was cool
1: i never expected that from mega man that's kind of cool Huh.
0: Yeah, that simple little side-scrolling game, you know, it's it's a much deeper thought there. Now, of course, like the it doesn't really go like super deep, but it just kind of implants that question of like, mm-hmm. oh, well, he increased or like he removed their expiration date. It's like, wait a minute, right? It's just like a quick little one line and it's like, wait a minute, that means so much more than anything else that's going on. Like, of course, Dr. Wiley still used them for his evil plots. He tricked them. Blah blah blah, right? Like, but it's still there, right? It still has a lot of weight to it. Hmm.
1: I think for me, uh, my last one I want to bring up because I feel like this is one that not many people talk about, and I think also because it it does contain spoilers, so I'm gonna try and bounce around this a little bit. But uh because I think this is a game everyone should play, and of course, it's kind of hard to play this game nowadays, but um uh, Magus, Magus, I think it's Magus, uh, from Chrono Trigger. Oh yeah. And his story's set, right? He he's seen as a villain in the game, and I mean he looks freaking cool, dude. He's got a big scythe, like it it's he's cool but uh, one of my favorite he, video
0: game character designs a hundred percent love that character.
1: Yeah. Like after, like I was always interested in Chrono Trigger, but then when I saw that character specifically, like that's what made me want to play that game even more. And with his character, he wants to, he's perceived as like wanting to summon the big bad of the game, right? Lavos, whatever that weird, big bug looking creature thing. Uh, that you can fight five minutes into the game. But that's all you think of him as. But in reality, it's not. Uh, He doesn't want Lavos to succeed. And basically, you not realizing that kind of prevent that from happening. Uh, Obviously, later on, like you end up fixing that problem but it's interesting the reason why uh he wants lavos dead uh it's very touching and it's cool because i feel like that's pretty i feel like the reason why you find out is more of a side quest rather than the main story part if i remember right
0: well he's a missable character right isn't he like a secret character anyway
1: well, you you fight him like I think in the main story once or twice, if I remember right. It's been a very long time. Yeah, he but, is a uh, boss
0: a couple times, but then you can re- basically recruit him. You can him recruit
1: him, go. but it's a side, and that's where you get. Yeah, you're right. That's where you, that's when you learn about the reasoning why he wants he wants to kill the big bad too, and it's interesting. You know it. It really was something I was not expecting, and. God, that game's amazing. I really don't know why they haven't brought that back for people. Because I yeah. feel like that's a game people should play. Like Chrono Cross is cool. I'm glad people are able to play that again. But
0: the story Trigger Trigger was just is special. Just
1: insane. It it goes places and it's I don't know, the characters are interesting. Like I remember there would be i i would look back and i remember like oh i hated the future setting oh i hated the prehistoric but looking at it now i'm like prehistoric was damn cool Mm -hmm. and we need more we just need more games in general in the prehistoric era i mean hell even like oh man imagine like a more rpgs
0: in that setting too Uh, that'd be really cool that'd be really interesting actually yeah, I mean, Chrono Trigger is one of the, uh, it's such a great game because you see this world in so many different stages of its life. Like, the world itself is a character, right? Like, you see the growth, you see what happens, you see the aftermath and how people react to it and how people try and just survive and or how much people are willing to fight to stay alive, right? Like... It's pretty amazing what they, they, they were able to accomplish so long ago. <laughs> like, it, it, so many new games out that don't have half as much story as Chrono Trigger does. So, yeah, I mean, I'm always blown away that this title never gets, like, a remake, a remaster, anything, right? Like, how cool would that be? But I, it might even... Maybe it would lose its nostalgia, I don't know, but it would be great. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening in. And I hope you guys enjoyed our little conversation on villains that actually kind of had a point. And maybe you found a new villain or looked at a franchise that you've enjoyed, but never really dove into too much, right? I mean, come on. Who thought do- Dr. Wiley actually had something deep and meaningful behind him? <laughs> right? But anyway, so we'll talk to you guys next week with some more games that we find through space time and all the spaces in between. But until then, goodbye for now.